again with another episode of my podcast. So today, sorry it took me a while to get back into this. Um, it's been hectic and crazy. I have been moving and all over the place, but I am back and today I'm going to talk about a very important topic, driving. <laughs> so I've been driving a long time. I've been driving 10 years I've driven on multiple different continents. I've driven on both sides of the road. I drive a manual. I can drive an automatic. I, you know, I've done it all. Um, but South Africa really is a special type of driving, I would say. Uh, so in the States, we obviously drive on the right side of the road. The steering wheel is on the left side of the car. And the majority of cars are automatic. In South Africa, we drive on the left side of the road. The steering wheel is on the right side of the car. And most of the cars are manual. So it's very different from what I grew up with. It's very different to my norm. Um, and just on a basic level. Uh, but not only that, but... The drivers in South Africa are, are just a little bit of a different breed. They are wild and out of control. So <laughs> me coming into this, it was um, pretty hectic. You know, all of a sudden I landed in Johannesburg and it was time for me to drive. And I started driving within the first few days of me uh, coming over here. So it was... Definitely an experience, uh, not only for all of the logistical differences of adjusting, but just driving with the people from South Africa. So each place, I've learned each place is very different. So I'm going to start with, with Joburg. Joburg honestly should be famous for their potholes in the road. Um, there are potholes around every corner. Um, you really cannot, uh, escape them. You will run into, I don't know, at least 20 potholes each time you go driving. Um, so much so even in my year of living in Joburg, I popped two tires on potholes. So if that doesn't it doesn't say it. I don't know what it does. And it wasn't through carelessness or recklessness. One time, so the first time it happened, it was in the dark. It was in the middle of the night. Uh, but I had Richard with me and it was actually his car. But we couldn't see it in the road and we hit this pothole and we hit it and we both knew immediately. We were like, oh my gosh, no, no way that that just happened. The tires popped. The tires definitely popped. Um, luckily there was a garage right across the roads. So we just kind of like went across the road and we got some petrol station attendants to help us out. But it was a whole mission because it was one of those cars where the wheels underneath the car and you had to do a certain release to get it down. And even the petrol attendants 
could not figure out how to get this wheel from the bottom of the car. So it took us like 20 to 30 minutes to figure out how to get that. And then once that was off, it was like, okay, let's change the tire. And we got help and got assisted and it was fine. Um, but a whole mission. And the second time I was driving along and this was in my little Toyota Corolla. Um, so in Joburg, I drove a Toyota Corolla from 2000. Her name was Betty. She's a cutie. Uh, she got me everywhere I needed to go. I never had any problems with her. So, uh, A plus Toyota for making reliable, dependable, long lasting cars. Uh, luckily also it was an automatic that I was driving there. So Betty was automatic, even though she was uh, 22 years old, uh, and she did a great job. Um, the only instance that happened was I did pop her tire coming home from work one day. So I decided to go on a different route than I normally go home. And so it was around four o'clock, 4.30ish that I was driving and all of a sudden, this was after I popped the, we popped the tire with Richard, so I knew what it felt like already. And I was driving, doing my thing on this road, and all of a sudden, I was like, oh gosh, are you kidding me? It's like, this, this is definitely a pop tire. I obviously like slowed down and pulled over to the side of the road. And in that moment, I thought, oh my goodness, I have never even checked if there is a spare tire in this car. First of all, that's very dumb of me. I should check. Um, but luckily, uh, there was. But so first I started to call some people. I was like, who can I call? What's going on? Like, let's try to figure this out. Uh, so I called a few people and nobody was picking up my calls. I called like three different people. So then I thought, okay, looks like I got to figure it out myself gonna start with checking if there is a uh, a spare tire here and while I'm trying to like figure this out and think about it there's this old man on a bicycle that's that started um cycling by me and I hollered at him to like I was like oh excuse me sir um I just popped my tire and uh nobody's answering my calls but you know maybe is there a petrol station close by um not quite sure what, what I should do. Well, this man was no help at all. He was like, hmm, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe on Main Road. Main Road was nowhere close. So I was like, okay, gonna cut my losses. That was no help. He cycled away. Um, so there was no help at all. Thank you a lot, sir, whoever you were. So I got out of my car and I opened the boot. And luckily there was a spare tire and all the gadgets and gadgets, you need to change a spare tire. So I was like, okay, great. Like, yes, uh, I got this. So I start, mind you, I'm coming from work. So I'm wearing a pair of heels and like a nice business casual outfit. Um, I take the tire out of the car. I take the tools out of the car and I start assessing the situation. So then... A nice lady pulls over. She was dressed in a nurse's uniform of types. I don't know if she was a doctor or a nurse or something. Uh, and she gets out of her car and she's like, oh my goodness, like, are you okay? What's going on? 
So I told her, I was like, well, I'm, I'm okay, but it seems that I hit something in the road and I need to change this tire. So she looks at me and she goes, oh, oh my goodness, like, I'm so sorry. She's like, okay, well, I, I don't know how to change a tire, so I can't help you there, but I will not leave you standing on the side of the road as a young female in South Africa. So I'm going to stand here. So I said, great, please, thank you. Please do that. Uh, and then she goes, okay, also my parents live just down the road. So let me call my dad and see see what, if he can come by and help as well. So I said, great, thank you. That would be amazing. So chatted to her a little bit uh, while I started taking the tire off. So I jacked up the car. I took the hubcap off. I was starting to take the tire off. Um, and I got like halfway there and then her dad came around and he was, he started talking to me and then he helped me finish it up and, uh, change the tire. So I was like, oh my goodness, thank you so much. Lifesavers. Thanks for not leaving me on the side of the road as a female. Um, and I was on my way, all fine and dandy. Um, people only called me back after that happened, so that was not great. But shout out to that uh, nurse lady and her father. I have not got, I didn't get any of their contact information, but I hope they know that I am forever grateful for them, um, for helping me out when I popped my tire on the side of the road. Uh, but that is really just the beginning of the Joburg streets. Um, Joburg is crazy when it comes to driving, okay? So, apart from there being potholes everywhere you go and everywhere you drive and around every turn, uh, the drivers are also insane. So, in South Africa, we have these thing, these taxis that are like little minivans. So, I think they seat about 12 people in them and they are everywhere. Specifically in Joburg, they're pretty hectic. They have them the same taxis everywhere in South Africa, no matter where you go. But I'm going to take a minute to talk about the Joburg taxis. So they are all over the place on the side of the road. They will cut you off. They will stop just right in front of you. They're constantly hooting. You just do beep, 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 beep all the time. I figured out, well, I learned that they're hooting because that's how they ask people if they want a ride when they're walking on the side of the road. So you beep, 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 and you think they're hooting at you, but calm down, they're not, it's okay. But then then they might just like beep, somebody will wave at them, and then they just stop in front of you. Then one, after they pick up their ride, they, they just pull out into the road and they cut you off, and they're always speeding, and they're all over the place, and you do not want to piss them off. Uh, I never got into any altercations with taxis, but I know some people that have, and I think they have like radios inside of them and they communicate with each other because I know people that have like pissed off a taxi, like picked a fight with them, hooted at them, yelled at them, whatever. And then all of a sudden there are five taxis surrounding the car and these people are literally like gonna fight. They're not afraid. It's, you know, maybe they'll have a baseball gap bat like maybe they'll have a gun you do not know and in my opinion you don't want to find out so word of warning don't mess with the taxis they just add a little bit more chaos to the road and you just you just have to deal with it so 
that was one thing when I was dropped in the middle of Joburg to find my way driving uh, was quite the scenario. Also, the roads just just don't make sense. I mean, they're highways, but they're not really highways. And there are robots in the way and you're stopping all the time. Oh, a robot is a traffic light as well. It, you don't call them a traffic light here. Nobody will know what you're talking about. Everybody calls them robots. So a stoplight, a traffic light, whatever you want to call it, it's a robot in South Africa, okay? So there are robots everywhere. You're stopping and starting and you're supposed to be on a highway. Uh, and then there's also a pothole everywhere you turn. So literal chaos. Also, some of these cars really are not suitable for driving. I would not say that they were road worthy. Some of them have black smoke coming out of them. Some of them just kind of like tot along like very slowly. You're just worried it might break down in front of you almost. Um, and the the buckies as they call them, which are trucks like like a Ford F-150, that, that kind of truck is called a bucky. So, there are also buckies everywhere and along with big trucks too. Um, and the buckies always, almost always have people sitting in the back of them. So I know in the States that that is illegal and you would not be allowed to do that. But here in South Africa, there's like five extra passengers in the bucky and they're all sitting in, in the bed of the truck. Uh, and that's how they get around. So... Along with trying to navigate the roads, you have people in the back of these buckies looking at you, like judging you, whatever you're doing. <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully you're not doing anything too judge worthy, but <laughs> they're everywhere. And apart from the people sitting on the back of the buckies, there's also people in the road everywhere. So at the robots, you stop and you pull over at a robot. You're like, oh my gosh, thank goodness I didn't piss off a taxi and Thank goodness I didn't hit a pothole, but I did get stopped at this red robot, so now I gotta wait. But while you wait, you won't be bored, you won't get to just hang out by yourself, because there's always somebody in the middle of the road begging, walking up to cars, trying to hand you a flyer, doing something. I think at every single, almost every single robot I've ever stopped at in South Africa, without exception, somebody has come to my window. And they're not uh, aggressive, and they're well, not always aggressive. That one time with Richard, she was aggressive. Um, but, or like mean or anything, but they'll come up and they'll beg or they'll come up and they try to like hand you a flyer because they're advertising for something. I don't know, a car service, a, a, a tree, like clipping, whatever it is they're advertising for. So you always got to like shake your head no and they just walk, they just walk on. So it's not a big deal. Uh, but it is... A little bit tiring to always stop at the robot and be like no 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 to everybody that walks by every single time you stop so a whole nother mission there's peoples there's cars there's potholes you you never quite know um but it's it's a wild ride so you're driving along and you're making your way and you so if you avoid the potholes, if you shake your head no to the people, if you don't piss off the taxis, if you drive on the left side of the road and uh, you vaguely obey the rules of the road, then you'll be just fine. But let me tell you, people do not like to obey the rules of the road either. 
the amount of times I've seen red, red lights run, the amount of times you see taxis just, you know, going wherever they want, making a lane in the shoulder, turning, like, no, nobody cares. Everyone's just everywhere. Like, well, I don't even know why they bother with the rules, honestly, because it's, it's more of a suggestion for, for the people of South Africa, okay? Um, anyways, uh, you'll make it, I promise, if you just think about all of these things all at once. <laughs> so, the thing about Joburg is the police are not helpful either. So, along with dealing with all these outside factors, you have to also have to think about the police. So, you might get pulled over in a roadblock, you might get your license scanned in a roadblock, uh, you might have to talk to them, you might not have to talk to them at all. You might also just get pulled over by the police and then you have to talk to them. Uh, but most of the time you just want to avoid them. The thing is, if there's a roadblock in the road, which Joburg loves to have roadblocks, that's a huge difference I've noticed between Cape Town and Joburg. Cape Town is not as big on their roadblocks. Joburg, I think I went through a roadblock like once a week at least. Most of the time they're just scanning your license and it's fine. Sometimes it's not so fine. Um, I have had several interactions with the police where they haven't been good interactions. Um, so as I said, most of the time they're checking your license or registration. They have a little disc in the front of your car and they scan it and then they just pass you through. Sometimes they just are kind of like people stopping, but you just drive through and they'll pull over a truck or something. Um, one time I was driving home with my friend Tony and we got pulled over at the roadblock, but we had been out, it was nighttime, and there was alcohol detected on our breaths. So we weren't drunk, we weren't belligerent, but did we have a drink some sometime earlier? Yes. The legal limit in South Africa is nothing. It's zero. So even though we weren't drunk, even though we were completely capable of driving, this police officer decided he wanted to give us a hard time about it. So we start talking to him and he's going on. He's like, oh no, but and he made my, Tony was driving. He made her blow into this breathalyzer, and it also just said alcohol detected. It didn't give you a blood content or a, a point average or anything. It was just said alcohol detected. So that was a major bummer, and also we couldn't defend ourselves in any way. So then the policeman starts getting angry at us, and he starts being like, oh, but you lied to me, and we have to arrest you. That's always what they say. We have to arrest you. You have to be arrested right now. See. So the thing about the police, though, is, you know, you can you can talk to them a little bit. So you have to you have to kind of barter with them. You gotta be like, no, sir, please, you can't arrest us. He's like, no, we have to arrest you. You say, oh no, there must be something we can do. He says, no, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do at all. You're going to be arrested. He said, no, there must be something. No, there's nothing. What do you think? What do you want to do? And then you gotta say, sir. Can I please pay a spot fine? So, let me educate you. A spot fine is a bribe. And you can't say bribe. No, no, no. 
You have to say spot fine. Sir, can't we play a spot fine? He says, oh, spot fine, what's a spot fine? You say, no, you know what a spot fine is. Can't we pay a spot fine? He goes, oh, what do you have for a spot fine? You have 2,000 rand for a spot fine? No, sir, we do not have 2,000 rand for a spot fine, please. Well, what do you have for a spot fine? I have 200 rand. You have to pull out your wallet then and show that that is all you have. Look, I only have 200 rand. Side note, in Joburg, I did always keep 200 rand stashed in the back of my wallet for this very reason. Sir, we have 200 rand for a spot fine. Oh, this man goes on and on. Look, we don't have anything else. This is what it is. Then eventually takes it. Okay, fine. Yes, take your 200 rand. And we, we just leave. So that's kind of how interactions with the police go. I had another instance where, so when I first got here, I was under uh, curfew. The whole of South Africa was under curfew. And it changed uh, multiple times since I was being here. It went up, it went down. Uh, now it's officially gone away. Yes, snaps to that. It went away the day before New Year's of all things. Can you believe it? The day before New Year's, they said, no, we're not going to give you the curfew of midnight anymore. You can be out all night. The last little bit, the curfew was from 12 to 4. But when I got pulled over after curfew, it was at 9. Curfew was at 9. So <laughs> as you can imagine, 9 o'clock is pretty early. So for you to not be on the roads after 9, you really have to be on top of it, which proved challenging, you know? More challenging than I expected, I suppose, because you're out, you're with, you're at your friend's house, you're hanging out, and all of a sudden it's curfew and you need to be home or you need to stay at your friend's house, depending on how far away you are. So uh, I was at my friend's house and I was on about it. I was like, okay, like I I need to get home. Curfew's coming up. Like gotta go, gotta go. Anyways, got a little bit distracted. And I was like, oh gosh, no, I really need to go now. Like, please, can you drive me home? So my friend starts driving me home. And it was it was a little bit after curfew, um, but I was, I was being driven home, you know? So it was like maybe 10, 20 minutes after curfew. It wasn't outrageous or anything. Um, but we start going and I kid you not, as soon as we get to a main road, we turn onto the main road and there were police on the main road right in front of us, driving in front of us. And they just flipped a little Yui and pulled us right over. Uh, so it was a police van this time. So there were four police officers in there. There was a woman and three men. And they got out and they were like, what are you guys doing? You're out after curfew. This is illegal. You need to be arrested. My friend was like, no, 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 please. Like... We, we were just, I was just driving her home. She needs to get home. And they're like, oh, no, like, you're out after curfew. You need to be arrested. We're like, no, please, I'm just trying to get home. They're like, they go, where, where's home? Like, where are you trying to drive? Well, we were trying to drive, like, 20 minutes away because I lived, like, a 20-minute drive away. So it was actually, like, 15 minutes because we were already a little bit in. Um, but they're like, oh, my gosh, no, that's so far away, and it's already past curfew. What are you thinking? You can't drive there. Are you crazy? Like, yeah, but I need to get home. I need to get home. Like, no, you you both need to be arrested. We're going to arrest both of you. So they looked at my friend, and they were like, you, sir, you're going to get back into your car with this police officer driving. You, ma'am, pointing at me, you're going to get into this police van, and we're going to drive you down to the police station, and both of you are going to be arrested right now. 
And I turned to them. It was like pretty ballsy of me, I think, or I've been, I was told after. I was like, no, I'm not getting into that van. Like, no, ma'am, you have to get into this van. We need to arrest you. I was like, no, I cannot get into this van. I do not feel safe. I do not feel comfortable. I will not get into this van. They're like, no, it is the law. We need to arrest you, like both of you, and you have to get in. I was like, no, I'm not getting in. Um, and then they were trying to say, like, they were like, you need to explain to your friend. She needs to get in. And he was like, oh, she's American. I don't know. They're like, ma'am, we know you're American, but like, this is the law. I was like, no. Um, so there was a lot more like, ah, oh, back and forth, back and forth. I was like, I'm not, I'm not getting into this van. And then, so eventually, uh, I get into the, Back into my friend's car, my friend gets into his passenger seat and the police officer gets into um, the car too. So it's like, there's no way I'm being separated from my friend right now. I don't feel safe or comfortable. That's not happening. Um, so we get in, back in the car. The Cause then my friend in the whole, like, we're not being arrested, no. My friend was like, uh, I think actually I said it. I was like, can't we pay a spot fine? <laughs> Maybe I blurted out too much, but like, it needs to be said, I'm not being arrested. Um, and it was like, oh, okay, spot. He was like, no, no, no spot fines. Like, wah, going on and on and on. Anyways, so the two of us get back into his car. The police officer gets into his car as the driver. He goes like up and like does a U-turn, goes onto the opposite side of the road. There's like an island in the middle of the road. So it was like up at a roundabout or whatever it was and to the opposite side of the road. And the policeman looks at us and he's like, you see that guy right there? He points at one of the police officers that's standing next to the van now. He goes, that's, that's the guy in charge. Go give him the money. So <laughs> it was like a sigh of relief. Thank goodness. So my friend hops out. Uh, I didn't even know how much money he gave him, to be honest. Um, the police officer gets out of the car and they're like, okay, but you have to drive back to your house, which is like five minutes away right there. Um, so we drove back to my friend's house. I stayed there. So whew, another close call of being threatened to be arrested, you know, a day in the life in South Africa. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, but also in South Africa here, I... I have another story about, uh, of course I have another story. I have stories coming out of my ears about being here. Um, but this story is about the first time I drove a manual car out here. So I, I learned how to drive a manual, um, when I was, I don't know, probably like 14 years old. I don't know when I, I had started kind of driving, um, but it was mostly on just like family vacations. My dad would pull me out and he'd be like, Caitlin, let's go driving. Come on. So of course, so I was like, yeah, let's go driving. Um, and my dad was very adamant. I have to learn how to drive a manual. It's a good thing to know. And I agree. It's like, yes, I want to learn how to drive a manual. Dad, please teach me. Um, so uh, that, that was my experience driving manuals on on family holidays, basically. So the last time I drove a manual before coming to South Africa was in 2017. So it's 2022 now, it was 2021 then. Um, but it was 2017 and it was in Greece on a tiny island called Milos. And so it's like an island, there aren't police around. Again, the rules of the road are mostly suggestions, especially when you get out of the little town area. Uh, so very, relaxed, I would say. Uh, and also 
in 2017. Um, so four years ago. And so anyways, I was at, I was at work and my uncle comes to me. He's like, okay, I need you to do me a favor. You're going to take this car and it needs to go get its tire fixed and changed. Um, and so you're going to drive it cause it's kind of on your way home. You're going to drive it. I'm just going to switch cars with you. I'm going to take your car. I'm going to take Betty and you're going to take this little Fiat and you're going to go get the tire changed. And then you'll drive it back to the office tomorrow after you change it and do your thing and, and we'll switch cars again tomorrow morning. So I said, okay, great. I said great without realizing it was a manual, but it didn't phase me. I was like, it's okay. I know how to drive a manual. We're all good. We're all good. I just need a little like freshen up. I have confidence in myself. So remember, streets of Joburg, pretty hectic. I get in this Fiat. First of all, I could not figure out how to put it into reverse, okay? Some car, some manual cars, you know, you can just slip it into reverse. Sometimes you need to pull up on the levers. Sometimes you need to, like, do certain things. So there was, like, a little thing I had to press to get it into reverse. Because I kept trying to get it there, and I was like, this, like, gear, like, shifter is not going into reverse. So I had a whole mission when I was sitting in the parking lot of the office trying to do this. I think I definitely turned some heads. I was trying, I was revving the engine because I was, kept screwing it up. I stalled the car and I was very flustered. So I was already flustered and like overheating. It's like, okay, ah. But I got it into reverse. I figured it out. And then I started driving. So luckily I knew the way home, although it was like a 20 minute drive home didn't really phase me. It was mostly straight, a couple uh, robots in the way and a couple turns. So I was like, okay, no, I got it. It's fine. So you start driving and I'm, I'm getting used to it, you know, a little bit jerky, changing the gears. I'm like, okay, come, come on, Caitlin, come on. Um, so, but I feel like I'm, I'm maybe getting into it. So I get to a huge intersection. Um, it was like four way stops. Like, I think, I don't know, four lanes in each direction, so like eight lanes spread over the road, whatever it is. Um, and I get to this intersection. And of course, the chaos of the streets are there. So I got like taxi next to me, people hooting, like whatever. I got the beggar coming up to my window asking me for money. And I'm just thinking like, I gotta get this car home. Like that's the only thing on my mind. So the robot changes to green and I stole the car. <laughs> so I am flustered. There's traffic moving around me now. People behind me have started honking because I, I was so flustered and I needed to restart the car because I had stalled it. And I was like, oh my gosh, so much is happening. So this taxi has it, this taxi on my left has its window rolled down and the taxi driver starts yelling something at me. Now, I don't think it was anything mean or uh, out of control. I actually think he was trying to help me given from his like gestures and whatever. I could not hear him and I was also not paying attention to him per se, but it didn't seem aggressive. So in my mind's eye, he was trying to help me. Um, and I was like, okay, yes. Uh, and I'm like restarting the car, trying to like figure it out. I think I restarted it and then I stalled it immediately again because I was so flustered. So I was like restarting it again. And taxi driver's trying to tell me something and this homeless man that was at my window that was begging he walks behind my car and starts directing the traffic around me through the intersection so 
I was flustered and not doing great, but no worries, friends. I got it up and running once again, and I made it home. And that is the story of the first time I drove a manual car out here in South Africa. Another thing to note about the roads, so just like the homeless man was directing traffic around my car, um, when the robots are out for load shedding, which in Joburg, the robots are only working like maybe 50% of the time, you always come across a dead robot. You just treat it like a stop street, or if it's load shedding and there's a bunch of like big main robots out, all of the beggars and the homeless people on the streets they start directing the traffic, which is super helpful. So you know you're in South Africa when the homeless people start directing the traffic. They get in the middle of the road, they're like, okay, these lanes, go! And they let, I don't know, like 50 cars through, whatever, and then they're like, stop! And they're waving at you and they're jumping up and down. Stop, stop, okay! Next row of cars, like, go! And they, they're like the stoplights, so that's pretty helpful. Like, bravo! Shouts to that community for um, helping us out during load shedding and trying times. <laughs> uh, goodness. But let me tell you, Cape Town is a different animal when it comes to driving as well. So since being in Cape Town for the past a uh, little over a month, five or six weeks, I think, uh, I have gotten to know the driving out here in Cape Town. And also the car that I'm driving out here in Cape Town is a manual. So I would like to pat myself on the back. I think I'm getting so good at driving manual car. Before it was like, I can drive it. I just like need a second. Now I'm like, no, I can drive it. I believe in myself. I'm getting everywhere I need to go. I'm not stalling the car. Uh, you know, it's, it's a tricky animal. Also in Cape Town, the hills. Oh my Lord. The hills getting up to Camps Bay and that end of the mountain. They are treacherous my gosh so gotta use that park brake for those hill starts can't be rolling backwards shifting down in gears just to make get my little car to go up the hill it's a whole mission but we, we're making it we're good so the other big difference between Joburg and Cape Town in terms of general scopes of driving is Joburg is crazy with the hijackings Watch out if you are in Joburg, you will probably get hijacked. No, I don't want to say that. I don't want to put that into the universe. But like, likelihood of you hearing a hijacking story while you're there, likelihood of someone you know being hijacked, that is a huge thing. Hijackings all over the place. I have an acquaintance, I suppose. Somebody I met is a friend of a friend's. He was literally hijacked through the drive-through of a fast food joint, Nando's fast food joint. He was ordering his food. I think he maybe even paid for his food. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like gun to his head, they were like, no, we're like, we're hijacking you. I don't know what they said. Anyways, they got in the car, they started driving away. With him in the car, they got to the freeway on-ramp, kicked him out of the car, and continued to drive away. I think he ended up keeping his phone, which is pretty impressive, um, but then he had to go back to the Nando's. <laughs> he had to reorder his food, because um, he didn't get his food ever when they hijacked his car, and then he had to sort everything out, but then they stole his, his wallet and his car, obviously, and all that stuff. Another friend of mine 
uh, he was driving and it was a day of pretty heavy traffic. So he was taking some more back routes and there are these guys with the like stop slow flipping sign doing quote unquote construction work in the road. I guess it's not easy to fake construction work when every road in Joburg looks like it needs construction and help. Um, but they flipped the sign to stop and he had his window down and he was just like stopped because it said stop. And all of a sudden he had a knife to his neck and they're like, give us your watch, give us your phone. And a whole ordeal happened. I think they got, they got a little bit distracted whenever he drove off. So they didn't, they didn't hurt him. I think he had a little mark, but they did take his phone and his watch and then he had to go sort that out. So it was like every other week I was in Joburg, I was hearing about a story of a hijacking. Thank goodness I was never hijacked. Touch wood that I do not get hijacked being here any for the amount of time I'm here to stay. Um, because that just sounds like the absolute worst. But the thing that... So Joburg loves its hijackings. Cape Town loves its smashing grabs. So, you know... It's all about crime, I suppose. If it's not one crime, it's the other. So if you're coming to Cape Town, which if you're coming to South Africa, you're probably coming to Cape Town, and I would probably recommend that you come to Cape Town because Joburg is a little bit wild and maybe not the best choice. Uh, if you want a nice, beautiful vacation where you're not bombarded with chaos continuously, come to Cape Town. There's still chaos, but it's not like the Joburg chaos. But if you come to Cape Town, please, 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 please do not leave anything in your car ever. I don't care if you're driving in the middle of driving and you want to put your purse on your passenger seat. Don't do it. I don't care if you've parked somewhere and there's a bag on the floor of your car and you put a blanket over it, you put a jacket over it. Don't do it. Don't leave anything there. Okay, because you know what, if you do that, your window is going to be smashed, your bag is going to be stolen, even if it has nothing in it, and you will have nowhere to park your car that night that's safe because your window will be smashed, and you will have to go fix it the next morning, and you will have to pay several hundred rand to get your window fixed if you can get an appointment, and it's going to be a whole mission, and you're going to be miserable, and you're also going to have something stolen from you. No matter where you are, I've been in very safe areas. I've been in friends' cars that we parked somewhere. Um, my friends have called me that they need help because their window has been smashed and I need to come help them and this, that, and the other. Just don't do it. Don't leave anything in your car, okay? Um, it will be smashed. Uh, doesn't matter what area you're in. And... Your things will be grabbed, even if there's nothing in it. My friend literally had a bag, a gym bag, with a towel stolen from her car. Her window was smashed for an empty bag with a towel. I mean, they didn't know that it was just a towel in the car when they smashed the window. For all they know, it could have been a laptop in the bag. So, you know, odds are they see something, they're just going to smash it and take it because they might luck out. But the thing is, they will smash it. So just... Just don't, okay? Um, so to sum it up, Cape Town loves smash and grabs, has crazy hills. If you're not good with a manual car, get better before you come here because the car you rent will be a manual and you'll have to go up these hills. 
Joburg, watch out for the potholes and the taxis and the hijackings because they are out of control and you will probably pop a tire if you're not careful. I was careful and I did pop a tire. Um, so driving, driving a whole mission, uh, and who knows what will happen when you're on the roads in South Africa, but I'm sure something interesting and it'll probably make you a better driver because of it. I think my driving skills have improved greatly. I'm so cautious about leaving things on the seats. If I have my handbag not in the boot, if I have it with me in the car, it's like under the seats, I don't see it in the window, and I often strap, it's a pretty long strap over the handbag, so I'll strap the strap into the seatbelt. Um, always lock your doors, too. Lots of the door locks aren't automatic, so I'm always good at locking my doors. I haven't had a window smashed. I haven't been hijacked, but I have popped tires in the potholes in Joburg, and uh, yeah. Oh, there's a whole other story where I bumped a cyclist. Oh, goodness. An unfortunate... Um... Oh, that's just a story for another time, I think. <laughs> um, and I've had bikes kind of hit me, too. People are out of control. Basically, stay safe on the roads, but you'll, you'll be a better driver because of it. And it's a whole experience. But just be prepared. If you're going to come to South Africa and you're going to drive... Uh, yeah, just, just be prepared for anything and everything and also know how to drive a manual car. That's what I have to say about that. Cause I've driven in three different continents on all sides of the roads and you know, LA and South Africa, I think have made me the best drivers in the world. I, maybe some people would argue lots of people hate California drivers and South Africa is definitely its own animal, but for better or for worse, driving. And I, I, yeah, at the end of the day, I think it's made me a better driver. But it's also maybe taken some years off my life and stress and, and grief. But um, we made it. We survived. And we love being able to be here and being able to drive. So thank you for that, South Africa. I will never forget you and all you've taught me about the roads. Oh, hey, what's good?